Greetings, listeners. Does this sound like you? You don't know what to watch next? Mindlessly scrolling down one streaming service, then another, then another, and another, only to end up watching the same episodes of The Office you've seen a thousand times? Not to worry. We here at the Half-Ass Podcast Network got you covered. Because we here, we also know what the fuck we're watching next. Our next movie is always a mystery, always unknown. It's always to be determined. That's right. We let Tui determine what we watch next, and you should too. So pour your beverages, pop your popcorn, and come along on a journey with us where our destinations are always to be determined. Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of To Be Determined, the podcast where we let Tui determine what we watch next. I'm your host. Justin and my co-host with me as always is Drinks of Ron. Ron, what are we drinking on the night? Um, actually, I've got a tall, cold glass of cherry Kool-Aid. It's uh, it's hitting the spot. I'm uh, probably going to switch to uh, some Schlitz after that, but uh, that's really hitting the cotton mouth well right now. So no uh, jolly good time uh, soda or whatever it was uh, you were drinking last time. Oh uh, no, sale starts tomorrow. I'll pick some up for the next next session though. It's a good movie, right, so well, I'm sipping on one of my favorite beers of all time, a Mad Elf from Trogues Brewing. Ah. Uh, quite strong ale. I uh, love this time of the year, which, when this comes out, does not make sense at all of what time of year this is. But it's my favorite drink during the holiday season. And what more appropriate than a holiday season is a holiday guest. And we got Joe, the goods dude, or dude goods, whatever. He doesn't know what his Twitter handle is. Or X. Um, but we got Joe on here, uh, part of the Outsider Social Club, uh, with us uh, today to uh, review some movies that Tubi's determined for us. Uh, Joe, what's going on, man? Good evening, gentlemen. Um, I believe my Twitter handle is at DudeGoods only because Goods Dude was taken. I think we've gone over this, but uh, we may not have also. So, you know. It's hard to say. I mean, it's it's hard to remember. Together. And but I enjoy, I enjoy are, movies. No. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoy movies. But what I enjoy more than that is something else deciding which movie I should watch. Because I oftentimes can't decide. Same. It's hard, man. My wife and I were doing this other day with fucking Christmas movies. Like, what do you want to watch this one? This one? This one? No. What about, what's this one? No. We spent 20 minutes looking for it. So this whole spin the wheel thing, it's been a little time saver. Because I don't know sometimes. <coughs> Do, do I go to a classic? Know, do I see a new movie? What I want? Which one? Which one am I feeling today? Do you guys know how many times I've gone to like a Netflix or even on demand or whatever to find a movie and give it up after seven minutes and just turn down something I've watched a million times, like Family Guy or Forensic yeah. Files yep. or something like that? I've scrolled for like the better part of the length of a movie and then realized <laughs> I could have watched just two watched movies. The first, the, yeah, the first thing I clicked, I could be halfway done. I might as well just. I feel so off. defeated when I when I don't pick something. I'm like, well, yeah. what? Like, what a loser! Right, you can't even pick a thing to watch. So yeah, it's like I, I, they win and lose at the same time. Like they win, like the stream services win because I'm on them for so 45 many minutes. Options, but. but they lose because don't, they don't get streaming out of me because I don't watch it. <laughs> so, I got in the screen time, rubble. but not the screening time. That's where I really think Blockbuster had it right. However they did it, whatever they did to encourage me to pick a movie wasn't like it is now. Now it's oversaturation. I don't know. 
Like, well, it's also because they had here, they had the four or five boxes behind the cover, right? So you knew you had four or five titles left. So like, it's not a it's not a hot in demand thing. Like, if it's the last one, you gotta get that shit because no one else will get that. Thing. It's gonna be me. Yeah. Oh, last like, one. Let's grab it. It's oh, mine. there's only three. What movie is this? Kangaroo yeah. Jack. Give it to me. Like, <laughs> it's the last one. There's only three clicks left on Cheech and Chong, and then it's out of streaming. So you better hurry up and click it. That was a real thing for sure. Yeah, so we uh, we did hit the wheel of Unfortune last time, which established our movies. Of course, uh, we, we had to do a tease and tell them what we got. So, yeah. Uh, and you want to run over the uh, popcorn ranking system for our guest? Yes. So we here like popcorn because it's, it's a movie food. But sometimes we don't like the popcorn. And just like we don't like the movies, we might like the movies, we might not. We don't know. So why not do it as a popcorn scaling system, whether it's the lowest of the low, which is popcorn scrape off the floor, to the highest of high of a jumbo popcorn with extra butter and salt. That's how we rate it. If the bigger the popcorn, the more we like it, because the more we more the more we want to eat of it. So that's the system. Pretty simple. Cut for cut and dry. Nothing of this one star, two star, one. We're gonna mix it yeah. up here to be determined. Yeah. I gotta say, when it comes to popcorn at a movie, if I get a if I get a bag of popcorn, I mean every goddamn piece of that, including the kernels that didn't quite uh-huh. get baked. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, or I'm just not getting it. If I get it, I'm eating every ounce yeah. of that. I'm scraping my paw in there like a <laughs> fucking <laughs> opossum until I'm covered in the fake butter stuff and I'm licking it off because I paid for it. God damn it! I paid seventeen dollars for this small, and you best believe I'm eating every kernel. Right? I'd fuck it if I could, but <laughs> I have to settle for eating it all. I mean... Nice. No, no one's going to top that. <laughs> Night is young, yes. That's why the extra butter comes in handy sometimes. So, yeah, shit. Left that All on right, the board. So, for our guest, I will go first since I did choose... Well, I didn't choose. Tubi choose, chose for me. The Wheel of Unfortune chose for me. Um, and I got an all-time classic, if you will. Uh, we tease it as a 1994, uh, I think, action comedy because there's a lot of action in this movie, but a lot more comedy. And our guest disagrees with this take, but it's part of the run of one of the four greatest Mount Rushmores in a row in cinematic history. I got the 1994 comedy The Mask, starring Jim Carrey. And, of course, that run consists of Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura 2, and then, of course, The Mask. You know, our guest Joe here disagrees. That's not the order, is it? Not the, it, that's not the exact order. Uh, Asian Horror came out, then, first, right? then The Mask, then okay. Dumb and Dumber. Uh, and the reason why Dumb and Dumber is such a huge success, I found this out in the notes, that Jim Carrey paid $460,000 to do this role because Asian Horror hadn't come out yet, so it wasn't a success. It was filmed the same year, obviously, and it came out in the same year. But they didn't. It, the box office didn't happen, so they, weren't, they didn't realize how great of a movie star he was to draw numbers. So then he got forty six thousand for this, and then once that was a hit, ten million dollars is his next budget say, or his next salary for Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Fucking a man. So whether you want to, I know Ace Ventura is a little bit more heavy hand on this one. Whether you want to criticize or not, The Mask helped him achieve that world he says where he was getting that money because he got the numbers because of it. Wait, you're saying The Mask helped him make money more than Ace Ventura? It was the next step. It was at that stepping stone because okay. it was the same time. Because if he was as big of a star, 
they probably don't get him at four hundred sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, no. Oh, way. right. Okay, I got you. So, uh, whether whether again, I, I I know Ace Ventura is a better movie, but it helped. I mean, look, if we're going Mount Rushmore of comedy movies in a row, yes, hands down, it's it's Jim Carrey. It's this, this four. Uh, you know, there's actually maybe. eight in a row that he rams on. Now, Batman Forever, whatever you want to say, but you got Batman Forever, you got Cable Batman. Guy, you got Liar Batman. Liar. Uh, a, t- a topic for a different pod that I'm sure we'll get into. This is the story of Stanley Ipkiss. Stanley, you are the nicest guy. <laughs> really, you are. Yeah. His job is at the bank. You're 40 minutes late. Now, that's the same as stealing. I'm sorry, Mr. Dickey. It, it'll never happen again. He loves his dog. Come on, give him to me. Drop it. He's polite to his landlord. Ipkiss, do you have any idea what time it is? You know, Mrs. Peenman. What? And the most exciting thing in his life are his pajamas. But now... Hey, you! What are you doing down there? I'm just looking for my mask! All that is about to change. (laughs) Because Stanley Ipkiss is not the man he used to be. Smokin'! It's like it brings your innermost desires to life. You become some sort of love-crazy wild man. I want him here tomorrow, alive. Now you have to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Do you, punks? (laughs) Jim Carrey is... That's the guy! Hello! The mask. Ooh, somebody stop me! Before we fully dive into this, um, I didn't do a full breakdown of this movie, uh, which I will touch on the small points of this, but I'm going to go up to probably half a dozen listeners, since we're not fully at the dozens of listeners yet here to be determined, (laughs) have probably have seen this movie a million times collectively. So... I don't even go over the finer points of it, but in case you haven't, I'll give you a general breakdown of the movie. It's this everyday nice guy having, you know... All the bad luck happened to him in the world. He gets shit on by his boss. He gets shit on by his landlord. He gets shit on by his best friend, who's a misogynist, misogynistic piece of shit, by the way, upon rewatch. That guy is a piece of shit, his best friend. He gets yeah. shit on by women just calling him too nice. You're too nice. You're too nice, Stanley. So he's just having the worst times until down in his luck. He's about to kill himself. Spoiler alert, he doesn't kill himself. He sees what seems to be a person in the water, but it's the mask. And, uh, and hence is the plot liftoff here where he puts on the mask, becomes a whole new person. Uh, hijinks happen. There's a lot that goes on. Of course, the evil guy, the crime lord in the, the city wants, wants a part of it. Um, so he gets his action, steals the mask, and then becomes the evil mask guy. Uh, one of the best scenes 
of the movie, if not the greatest scene of the movie, is when Dorian, the bad guy, spoiler alert, gets shot six or seven times, eats those bullets, sucks them up, and then just spits fucking cannon fire out of his mouth and killing some people in the process. One of the coolest deaths ever in movie history, in my opinion. I've always drawn to that, and I've, like, upon rewatching, special effects still hold up on it. It's not that bad of a scene, but the fact that you get this guy just eats bullets, sucks them up from his gut, and then spits hellfire at someone is fucking insane. But again, you know all the you know all the main points. You've all seen this movie. If I had to tell you guys, ask you guys a question, what city does this movie take place? What would you say? Uh, Gotham City. Um, which I'm parallels? I'm realizing after you're saying it, I don't know if I've ever seen this movie or I don't remember it at all. Like <laughs> literally Classic. at all. Uh, oh, I think man. I'm sure I'm sure I've seen it. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Atlantic City. I, I was gonna say New Jersey, but that's not a city, so it looks just it very a very old timey <laughs> uh, generic city is to me. Which yeah, so I always thought that was New York. Like it's general New York. It's I mean, and again, Gotham is a great callback, right? Because Gotham is supposed to be like Chicago, New York. Pretty much all your big, huge metropolises. Yeah, it's more, it's more of an era than an actual right. city. So I thought it was always New York until when it first shows you. And because it's like a green screen scene of this like uh, this city backdrop. And it's like Edge City. So it's called Edge City. Oh. Did not know that until 2023, which this movie came out in 1994. So... In case you're all wondering, it's not New York, it's Edge City. Only because I found out also it's based off a comic from the 50s or 60s, I believe. Oh, nice. uh, which, in the movie, uh, Bill, not Bill Nye, that's a different guy, Ben Stein, <laughs> who is, plays a role in this movie, Who, which, did he really get famous off when Ben Stein's money? Or was he like, I know he was in yeah. Fearless, Fearless, Fearless Builders Day Off and all that, but like, but that's the gap there, basically those two gigs. Like he'd done yeah. some commercial stuff, but yeah, that Ben Stein. It was a, co yeah, it was a commercial was, hit. Yeah, that's what it was. He was yeah. always in commercials. He, he was just random guy who had the voice. So. The voice. Yeah, yeah, that was really because I, I like. I mean, what's he know? Like his, that monotone Bueller. Yep. Bueller. Just no emotion. But anyway, and that's who he plays in this character as well. He plays his emotionless psychiatrist. Uh, and says that the mask is of Loki, which then uh, perked up my ears. I was which like, which oh, now this. means something. Yes, is this um, M uh, MCU over here? The Norse like, god like, of mischief. He said it's the mask of Loki, god of mischief, and Odin banished him. Which Odin is obviously played in the Marvel camera. But again, upon reading some stuff, it was based off a comic, and actual Greek mythology is what uh, Loki is. So. <laughs> I got a little excited there thinking the mask and returning Avengers, uh, the new <laughs> Avengers movie. <laughs> Does Cameron Diaz have one of the hottest entrances of all time in this movie as an introduction scene alone? Because this is her first full length movie. I think she did like a TV movie or commercials before this, but hmm. her walking into that bank, it's got to be like a top five, if not top three, entrance of all time for actress or actor. What are the other candidates? I don't know. That's I'm what trying I'm saying. to blank now. <laughs> Me too. Uh, is Sandra Bullock in Speed like a good intro? <laughs> scene isn't necessarily a good intro scene, but 
Okay. I'm trying to think of movies where it's like introducing, like, because like Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street is just introduced. So you mean like their first movie? Yeah. Like when he's introduced in that movie just by sitting around, like he's not like turns around, he's the heartthrob. Whereas like Cameron Diaz is the heartthrob in this scenario and just comes out soaking wet from the rain, holding the newspaper because that was the thing. Like just, you know, the, the slow pan up of, from her legs to her, you know, her head. And everyone in the bank is just staring. I'm trying to think of an introduction. Like, are you talking like the movie as a whole or the scene? The actress, about the, scene. the actor like, being introduced. Okay, like the actual introduction scene of the introduction movie, or yes. just how well, they like, came again. It. This is Cameron Diaz's first movie. Her right. first scene is this sultry okay. shot hmm. of her coming in the bank. And I can't think of one. So that's just two, can't. that's two part. I feel like so like yeah. Stifler obviously came onto the scene with a bang as Stifler since he's been known as that ever since. Right. But I don't know what his first. Scene. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the first scene, so probably not then. But anyway, the mask right. you say. Yes. So in the the main uh, boss guy's uh, uh, his personal office. He might have the most least intimidating game in his room. You think of games around uh, a big, huge uh, office. What game are you thinking that they're playing? Game table. We'll go with that. Game table. Uh, the, the, the foosball. No. Pool. You're thinking pool, pool right? Pool. pool. I think pool. pool. Pool is like the you know mobster thing. It's the cool, hip thing. To your credit, Ron, you're close. This guy has air an air hockey table in his office. Fuck yeah, that's that's my kind of villain right there. I got an air hockey table over here. I mean, what could be sad. more at least intimidating? Foosball, air hockey. Is it that? Is it the hockey game? That's pretty badass. With like that, remember the hockey click, game? Click, 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 click. Yes, the foosball of hockey. Yeah, the foosball of hockey. Yes, spindles. Shuffleboard, I feel like, has become more popular because of breweries. Yeah, I think shuffleboard would be least intimidating. You know, trying to eye this guy down <laughs> while you slide a little puck over some salt. You know, like, <laughs> give him the death stare, and then you go off the edge. And you're like, oh, dang it. What are your guys' actual takes on the mask? Like, what do you guys remember about it? Apparently, Joe does not remember now. <laughs> right? Uh, nothing. Almost <laughs> no. zero. I'm starting to wonder if I actually ever saw it or thought of something else. <laughs> Maybe I confused it with the Eric Stoltz vehicle from the 80s. <laughs> okay, that was a joke. But. Uh, He's yeah. probably thinking of Leonardo DiCaprio and the man's Iron Mask. Uh, How dare you? I love good. that movie. Um, I, I really must have just seen it once and not paid attention, honestly. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. I gotta give it another shot because what if I really like it? Then that makes your yeah. more really strong. I think that would actually be a good rewatch for you. I uh, I watched the shit out of it back in the day. I uh, I loved the whole Tex Avery feel to when they would animate him as the character. Yeah, the giant fucking <gasps> that whole uh, like the Awuga, the giant the Awuga, they turn turns to a coyote whistling. Yeah. Yeah, the the Tex Avery feel, like I said, it feels more like a time than a place. So it's got that kind of vague fifties ish feel to it. Uh, right. I just love, you know, the big band is playing. It's not like some modern rock band. It's fucking swing. Yeah, it. it I just love it almost as a period piece. And then a big fan of Jim Carrey 
before he broke uh, in Living Color and back to Once Bitten, which was Once on your Bitten. Radio. I was about to say, you better say that movie, Once Bitten. He, he was one of my favorite actors in the mid-80s. I loved that guy. And then he got huge. So for me, I said, I, I love the whole thing about it. I, I, s- I, I should rewatch it, too, because I feel like I don't like it as much. And maybe I will again. If he's doing physical comedy in that, which I'm guessing he is, yeah, I'll probably like it because he doesn't do that anymore. It's not. It's not. Oh, as he retired now. Should be not as appreciated as it should be, right? Yeah, because no. For me, on that note, though, there's a lot less green screen than needed because of his flexibility and his way to move around and do physical comedy. His, so yeah, using his they face. saved a lot of money in the budget with green screening with him. How loose he was able to get with his movements. So shout out to him because prosthetics. I was yeah, like, I, there's a, there, when I saw this scene, I remember me and my brother quoting this all the time. P-A-R-T-Y, because I gotta. And yep. then when he jumps out the window, hey, my, look, I'm roadkill. Ha, ha, ha. So every time we saw roadkill on the floor, we, my brother and I would quote this. So, like, as soon as those moments happened, I was like, oh, man, it's brought back so many memories. And the smoking um, line was a thing for a while. Oh, yeah. Smoking. My, smoking. my brother still says that when he's cooked. <laughs> Coco Bongo Club. Good name mm-hmm. for a club or a bad name for a club? Good name for that kind of club in yes. this fake city. It's, yes. So they got the upright the Coco Bongo. Bon- bon- and first of all, again, that again that cheesy asshole that was a misogynist piece of shit, his best friend. Mm-hmm. The way he says Coco yeah, Bongo. Yeah. Like he it's, has the, it's the tits we're going to get yeah, in this place. Tits, I'm a slimy greaseball and I'm going to go, let's go rub up on ladies at the bar. Who yeah, plays the friend? Is it anyone we know? He's a he's I don't a big know his character name, in so many things from the nineties. You will know him. I'll I'll I'm on it. All right, because I you know I just I get curious, especially Richard Jenny. Yes, that's it. Richard Jenny. Yeah. Little curly haired little muppet. How do you spell Jenny? Jenny. J e n i. So it might be Jenny. No, it's Jenny. No, it's Jenny. Okay, that's what I thought. Wow, actually, you know what? I thought he was... Oh, never mind. Yeah, he didn't act in much, actually. I know that. Look at it. Oh, I think he was more of a comedian, actually. I was going to say, is he a comedian or something? Yeah, it was yes. kind of weird that he got that role, honestly. I would say so. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I think of, like, sleazeball friends from 90s movies, it's got to be uh, George Costanza as Richard Gere's friend in Pretty Woman. Like, he's got to be the sleaziest, right? Uh, yeah, he he was. Yeah, now you're like, yeah. I didn't see it. Really, really made an impact. It was uh, sleaze and borderline wannabe rapist, maybe. Like he was getting a little close there. Well, then he's got this guy beat. This guy's just uh, yeah, this guy's just a little. He's wanker. just spitting game, being that like dumbass, like you know, yeah. I'm gonna say whatever to you and to get in your pants kind of person. Now it hardly worked because he was Charlie Schumacher. Because he's playing off of Jim Carrey as the total loser dork, which he nails. He's great as as Stanley. Uh, (laughs) Stanley. Stanley Ipkiss. Ipkiss. That's it. Ipkiss. And the captain in that movie, perfectly cast. I see him say it. Ipkiss. When he finds the trunk of the pajamas. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So I didn't realize how, like, I mean, I knew there was that one scene where he greet, meets with her on the park bench, where he's like, you know, he becomes yeah. a mask, which how um, 
Cameron Diaz's character didn't realize he was the mask by when he's like, I gotta go, and jumps over a bush, and then the bush starts fucking firing lightning and shit, and then the mask comes out. How she didn't put Clark Kent numbers together here to realize it was the same person. Right. <laughs> It would have been like if he came back with glasses on, just totally unrecognizable. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, he's, he's like, kiss me and I will reveal my croissant. I will spread your pate. I will dip my ladle into your vajaz. Like Napoleon, I will divide and conquer. That's his line to her. <laughs> At that, I'm like, god damn. Because like, all, the, only, the only thing I remember that from, from that scene was, shut the door, shut the window. I don't care. And like that was... That's yeah, all I, I guess it, I didn't realize how sexually something. it was before that. <laughs> yeah. In a rubbery green mask, I guess it, it kind of takes the edge off. It's not quite. It took as four hours to do that every day to be Oof. in that mask. Four hours. Do and undo, or undo is a different length of time. You know what I mean? I think like, it just said just to sit to get the mask on. Jeez. So it could be eight hours a day, and then you work for ten hours. Like you get any sleep? Six hours, right? At least probably. Overall, upon rewatch, it's I, I. There's very few things that I would say that are problematic. Anyway, um, Jim Carrey wasn't really. I mean, actually, I wasn't gonna say Jim Carrey's movies aren't like that. And then I remembered Ace Ventura. So, <laughs> so um, as we re uh, reveal some of the things in the past that have, were overlooked, aka again, Ace Ventura with uh, Einhorn and Swinkle, Fingo's Einhorn thing. Now, I wouldn't say there's anything problematic in this movie. Again, it's aside from the typical sh uh, greasy guy as the best friend trying to do anything to get laid. Um, but overall, I think it's time for my rating. Old stale popcorn, so, off the floor. It's a great movie, but I wouldn't say the best. Popcorn. Especially not for Jim Carrey standards, but it definitely holds up. And that's where I'm gonna rank it. A large pop, a large popcorn, little extra butter, cause there was some nostalgia things that hit me right, really in the feels. Uh, some of the lines I remember, but overall the comedy's not just quite there for me. Again, this is more nostalgia film for me. Again, great scene with Dorian killing the guy, uh, sucking the bullets, great stuff. And then the scene where he pulls the condom out of his his pocket and while trying to make a Balloon animal Tommy gun. Uh, great yeah. scene, too. But overall, it's a large popcorn, some extra extra butter. Definitely would rewatch it again. Um, again, it's more a nostalgia thing than anything. It's, not, but it's by far not his uh, best comedy, but it's definitely not his worst, that's for sure. Yeah. Mr. Popper's Pickens. <clears throat> I'm going to revisit it. Yeah, I think I'm. I should rewatch it too because uh, I feel like I'm I, looking for a VHS. I really am because I I own it on VHS. So that's uh, something I want to do with my VHS collection is uh, can get the movies I remember owning on VHS. I almost got the whole collection. Wait, how many, how many do you have now? One hundred and two. Nice. That escalated quickly. It did. It's like fucking crack for me right now, man. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't get this movie, but like, because like. I just happened to pop into the place to buy it because I was over there anyway, and then I saw Beverly Cop three. And I was like, "Well, I gotta buy five. So it's like four. It's like four out, four for five. So I might as well get the fifth one for free." But I saw Beverly Cop three again. We've talked about this in our chat. It's my favorite one of the three, and I only have the first two. I was like, "I gotta complete the series, duh." So then I had to go look for four more. So I get four more for just the one movie I wanted. 
Nice. Like, I really want to touch on the old comedies I loved. I want to get, get Tommy Boy. <clears throat> I want to get Black Sheep. I want to get a- Dumb and Dumber. Ace. I got the Ace Ventura movies. I want to get Spaceballs. I want to get the Police Academy movies. But I can't find them. But then when I go looking for them, I see all these other things. Like, oh, like, oh, I didn't, didn't remember. I forgot about this one. I forgot about this one. Right. It's 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 addictive. That's how it works. Yeah. I, well, I'm surrounded by 15 crates of vinyl, so I, I know what you're saying. I, I'm do. watching in the middle of watching Time Cop right now. <laughs> I don't Man. suggest you do that, but but you do you. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you how to do. <laughs> <clears throat> but what I will do is say that the wheel of unfortune landed for me last time on Gods of Egypt. It's a. Uh, oh, man. gotta get my get my drink here. All right. Egypt has always been a paradise, but now there's chaos. God of the air, you must protect the mortals. I don't know if I'm strong enough. Then become stronger. Soon I will rule all of the world. My legions of the desert will bring them reckoning! You have the power to make this right. So how do we stop him? Try to keep up. What I be the god of? The impossible. Come, demon! It's a 2016 action adventure fantasy. A mortal tries to save the world and his true love by joining with a powerful god in an epic battle against his rival, the deadly god of darkness. So that is where Tubi sets us up. All right, so we kick it off. That sounds the best. Isn't that great? I they never that. did. I feel like they never did it better after that. That no. TX sound. Yeah, that was THX the TX sound. I had to find yeah. just the right one. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the Dolby. No, this was. Yeah. yeah. So we kick this off with Mister Exposition, family, royalty, lines of succession, power of love, blah blah blah. So we get going. Apparently, the Egyptians all spoke with an English accent. That's a uh, that's a nice Tracks. twist. Yeah, is it visually is really nice, and I'm not just talking about the ladies. Uh, all right, uh, so we have the coronation of Horus. He's going to be king, but his uncle Set. You know, we've got the callback to the gods here from Loki earlier. Uh, so his uncle Set shows up, betrays his ass, and murders his father. I enjoy Gerard Butler as a badass warrior, so he works as a god for me. Um, so out of the gate. I'm enjoying this. Uh, shit. Uh, the shape-shifting that the exposition guy mentioned earlier is paid off already. We have a gods in their true form battle. 
set winds and is about to kill Horus, but Horus's wife, Hathor, offers herself to set. So instead, he only plucks out his eye- eyeballs. So we're, we're off to a roaring start. Um, exposition guy comes back. Everyone has been enslaved. Multiple gods have tried to stop. Set all have failed. Um, so I guess the couple that I saw in the beginning are going to be major players. Um, I could do without that. Uh, but they foreshadowed love as a theme. So here we are. So uh, Johnny Longhair, the white British Egyptian kid, is apparently our hero. I'm not sure that I can root for this douchebag. I mean, he's literally fighting against the enslavement of an entire nation, and I'm still struggling to back this fucking guy. (laughs) So, uh, let's see. I had to turn on the closed caption to find out that his name is Beck. B-E-K. So, uh, he reads some fancy scrolls, and he sets off to go steal a powerful uh, thing. I don't know what this thing is. But uh, he does steal the thing, and it's the Eye of Horus. Oh, apparently one of them plucked out of his head. So he comes back with it, but he's been figured out, so he has to use the eye to escape. Uh, But as he's escaping with his uh, British-Egyptian girlfriend, she gets arrowed and uh, and dies. So I'm like, oh, holy shit. Um, Still doesn't make me root for this douche. Didn't didn't buy him anything. By the Uh, way, never heard of this actor before in my life. Brenton Thwaites. That's who plays this Beck? Plays Beck, yes. I yeah. thought you were going to say you've never heard of Gerard Butler at first. Like, <laughs> no, what no, are no. we Come doing on, here? No, no but I, I can't have that. This, it sounds like this guy is sort of the lead guy, right? And I've yeah. Unexpectedly. Um, and, and like I said, I, can't, I just couldn't root for him. He's just like super douchey British accent. I didn't follow. But his girlfriend gets arrowed, so now he's off to make a bargain with Horace because he's got his eyeballs. Um, but uh, Horace says he can't save the chick. She's off to the afterlife. Um, so, oh, apparently Beck only got one of Horace's eyes. And Horace can't transform into magical uh, forms without both eyes. Stupid mortal. <laughs> one eye? Jesus. So now we got to go ask Grandpa, who is Ra, uh, the god Ra, for some help. But instead, we get a lecture about straying from the path. Grandpa's, am I right? So uh, Set is about to finish off the last of the rival gods, and uh, he sets up a showdown. But first, he has to go find his ex and off her. Or actually, he just has to de-wing her, which was uh, interesting. So it appears Set is collecting power-having body parts of the other gods, and he's, like, going to have them installed or something. I'm It's... It's, it's getting wild. Um, but none of this bodes well for Hathor, who uh, has, is now with the other guy, because she's clearly still into Horus, even though he doesn't have his eyeballs. So, great. We've got another power of love thing going on here. So, fucking thanks, Huey Lewis. power of love. Right. Yeah, that's literally. I really want this Beck to die. Uh and now uh, Set's crew shows up. So I'm holding out hope that he might actually die in this battle. Uh, the CGI fight scene is super janky. They have like a rotating camera. It's really unfulfilling. Uh, the visuals that I was enjoying earlier have lost all their luster. Um, yeah. You know what? I feel like that was like a 2016 thing that they were doing with movies then or around that time. It was like, 
let's make it not enjoyable to watch. Let's make it like, you know, makes you dizzy kind of, or makes you like. It was just really that one fight scene was just like rotating, but it wasn't like, you know, like 300 to have Gerard Butler call back. It wasn't like that. It was like a really, really good version of the shitty late 90s CGI. So like the backgrounds looked all weird and fake as the cameras are rotating and dude, it. I said this early in the movie, good, I like this. It. Is a pretty good cast, man. Chadwick Boseman's in this, huh? Yeah, and then Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones is in this, who's now doing T-Mobile commercials or whatever he's doing. Mm. Jeffrey Bob, Rush is in this movie. Brian Brown from Cocktail. Brian, I was gonna say Brian Brown is in this movie. I was just best at it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm here to talk cocktail <laughs> anytime you guys want. <laughs> They do. Uh, <clears throat> I do enjoy the gods uh, bleed gold, apparently. So that's that's super As cool. As one does when you're right. a god. When you're a god, right? When blood gold flows through their veins. Uh, exposition guy mentioned it earlier. I should have thrown that in. But uh, okay, so Set uh, Gerard Butler now knows that uh, this uh, Beck dude has tried to make a deal to bring his girlfriend back from the dead. Uh, so the battle lines are apparently drawn now. Now he's aware of the mortal guy fucking around. Um, and Hathor, uh, the uh, the other guy's ex, now bails and goes back to him. Because, you know, power of love, et cetera, et cetera. That's the power of love. So, yeah. Back to the future. <laughs> so Horace, <laughs> I guess, is still pissed that Hathor was banging Set, even though she was banging him, it saved his life. So... Apparently, maybe we're not quite power of love. I don't know. Um, so we're about an hour in here. And if you want to know how bad this writing is, they have to go get the God of Wisdom to come with them to answer a riddle of the Sphinx. The God of Wisdom, smartest being in all of existence, takes five guesses to answer this fucking riddle. I got the answer before they finished the question. Some fucking God of Wisdom you got there when I'm high as fuck on the couch going, bro. It's tomorrow. That's the answer. Fucking god of wisdom. So Hathor. Like a really bad version of the mummy. With right. worse names. I've already forgot Set and Beck. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, well the rest of them are actually gods, so they have like a reference point, but this Beck dude is just kinda out of nowhere. Uh, anyway, Hathor is now pissed that the white uh, blue eyed Horus uh, lied about bringing this chick back. So she sacrifices herself to the demons to help this chick get to the afterlife. Demons that we just recently found about uh, in uh, the exposition. So this is a new development. She's got a backstory with demons. Uh, does the power of love overcome? Uh, I guess we'll find out. Uh, but I'll jump ahead and say there are more betrayals. We get a fight on a pyramid. That's pretty cool. Uh, and some more of that sweet, sweet golden blood of the gods. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Beck dies. I get my fucking wish right here. Beck, oh man, I can't, oh fuck me. Horace uses his favor from Ra to fucking bring his culturally appropriating ass back from the dead. Fuck shit, fuck. Okay, well Beck, okay. Oh, and uh, and the girlfriend, she gets resurrected because the power of love and whatnot. That's the power of love. Oh shit, all the gods who had their uh, shit harvested, their organs, they're they're also all back. So everybody's back, except for apparently Horace's dead, murdered parents. 
Oh, and Hathor. She's still gone with the demons. So, uh, but power of love. So as he, uh, he, he goes off to save her as the credits roll. Sequel? I don't know. So there it is. Takeaways are power of love. And you don't need both of your eyes to transform if you find your path. I don't know what the fuck that means. But that's... Could anyone possibly want a sequel? Please, um, for the love they, of God, Ron. I, I know it might be a little bit extra editing for you, but please clip "Power of Love" being sung every time you say that fucking word. The power of love. <laughs> just that. Just that's it. That's all I want. You might get sued by. Probably. I think. Oh no! I have thrown. Trust me. I have hundreds of episodes of podcasts I put out with songs, movies, quotes that no one's listening to so no one's suing me over shit for copyright so don't worry about it Ron. for no, no, no. one by second Huey Lewis. by zemeckis for oh yeah making, there you go. for making a movie about power of love right, <laughs> right you can't you can't use that theme yeah it's been well let's get to the nitty and the gritty um let's rank this bitch no old stale popcorn scraped up off the floor no not quite um, you know what that's it it's a, oh, it's I a, thought you were going medium. I no. thought you were going more. Oh. No, it's a, it's a, it's a small popcorn, but it's the very last popcorn in the bottom of the machine before the new shit comes out. So they're scraping all the seeds and shit. It's full, but it's 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 all the bottom scraping. So yeah. Guys- so just just like just like weed with with seeds, it's it's still weed, but there's seeds there. <laughs> You don't want it, but you're gonna smoke it still. Ron in Wisconsin, do you have bars with popcorn in it? Uh, there are some of those, yeah. So yeah, North Dakota, there's a lot, and there are many a night we were drunk and grabbing whatever was left before the news. Oh fuck yeah, just like a yeah, like a raccoon. Just yeah. I don't think I had we had we had bars with peanuts more than we had bars with uh yeah popcorn. I, I definitely don't see any popcorn ones out in Vegas for sure. No, but. Uh, we had, I think we had more popcorn places. Maybe that's Peanuts, just I la- think, is more common. Lacrosse specifically. But man, I would hate to be that fucking cleaning person with peanuts. Can you know they're just dropping those goddamn shells everywhere? Fuck yeah. Yeah, so uh, so that's uh, Gods of Egypt. And, any any questions? About, uh, Did Gerard Butler ever talk? Oh, yeah, in, yeah. In the, in the middle of his mouth. Because he always talks with his right lip up. He oh, and he talks in that side of his mouth every time. Because I think that's the only way he can hide as much of the accent as he can. Snarl. You yeah. didn't mention um, Chadwick Boseman at all. What did he do in this movie? Oh, maybe he was the maybe he was that god of wisdom I mentioned. I guess I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Also, the, uh, the surprisingly few brothers in Egypt, if you can believe that. He's the only one I remember in the whole movie. Everyone is literally fucking British. Like white guys, he it, was it's Thoth. Amazing. Is Thoth the god of wisdom? Oh. Uh, that sounds correct. Also, the chicks in this movie never heard of any of them. Super, super, uh, super banging. And there's one girl named Isis, at least that's how it's spelled in the movie. Oh man, problematic, yeah, for sure. Um, other than that, I can't think of a movie. That I would probably choose to see less, I because I'm not mm. into those movies anyway. You know, like it sounds fucking weird. It and you know, I mean, if it sorry, would have been well done, I would have gotten behind it. Everybody but one person died, and some died and even came back. And 
Well, yeah, because Grandpa is the god Ra. So once he took care of the of Gerard Butler, he like did him favors apparently and put everything back the way it was before. Very well it's... done, though, on your uh, joy of a character dying and then oh. heartache of him coming back. I was I just like, I hope they kill this motherfucker, but they killed her. So it was like, eh, shit, so he's going to be the hero. It's weird yeah. how much I love Star Wars, but don't love science fiction movies. Like, <laughs> I don't, it does not track at all. Like, I will watch Star Wars every I'm day of the you. year. But I don't like Star because Star Wars isn't a science. It, it it's not, it's more of a good movie first. It's fucking cowboys and samurais in yeah. space. Oh, I mean, it's evident that Star Wars, especially the newer, like the Mandalorian, is straight fucking westerns. Westerns, yeah. Japanese, Ahsoka, uh, Boba Fett. All these shows have been done pretty much in the mm. Japanese western style. <laughs> like, I, I am watching. It's so much everything. obvious now as you get older, but like now it's, like, it's just like. When you watch it upon rewatch, you can clearly see the influence yeah. of George uh, Lucas with you know the westerns of the old, old time and clearly Japanese slash German culture with the whole World War Two fascism and all that stuff. Uh, so upon rewatching, as an older person who knows more shit, you're like oh, this isn't just a movie about this guy who discovers lightsabers are cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's about hey <laughs> remember the world war Two regime this is kind of like that but with space lasers that's what <laughs> yeah i'm watching everything in chronological order now so i just got through all seven seasons of uh of the clone wars oh good so I'm I'm glad that I I what I, I would have never done that, but a friend oh, yeah. of mine came back and she's like, "You have to, you have to. It's really good." And like the fact I'm not that a huge like, fan of that animation, I don't know. The fact that cartoons added so much value to the terrible movies written for the for the 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 prequel trilogy. Like, well, it makes cartoon, everything make so much more sense. Like. Why did Anakin become so broody and, you know, oh, I'm so right. emo now? Yeah, you watch it jump ahead in the movies, but when you see it happen over the course of seven seasons, it's like, it's it's almost inevitable. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, well, fuck those guys too then. But, right. yeah. I think Joe's bored of, I'm thinking Joe's bored of a Star Wars podcast tangent here. I'm a Star Wars person, but uh, is this a Star Wars podcast? Adjacent. Adjacent. Yeah. As our friend Coley would say. Well, yeah, we've got uh, Joe on deck. Uh, what what movie did Tubi select for you? Well, Ron, um, it was my first time logging into Tubi, so <laughs> not sure how uh, Tubi knew me at all. Hmm. Uh, it did. I think it does ask you initially what movies you like or something. I don't remember exactly, um, but I wanted to choose something I hadn't seen before, and so. I stumbled upon a movie called 13 Minutes. Um, it is a movie with a tornado on the cover. I'm getting increasingly concerned about this developing supercell southwest of the metro. We expect a tornado outbreak beginning as early as noon. Get that seat in yet? We're done today.
Tornado warnings are just outside our viewing area. But we're under a particularly dangerous situation, Tornado Watch. Don't worry about this. We're going to get through it. We always do get through it, and we're going to get through it again. Tornado! Everybody out! Tornado! Follow me this way. Everybody hurry! Are you sure this is the safest place to be? Do you have any information on a specific location? It's us. A tornado warning has been issued. I know how hard this is. But we've got a whole town counting on us. This is a one in a thousand type warning. Then I looked at the cast. We're talking Amy Smart, Thora Birch, Peter Facinelli, which like brought me back to late '90s, early 2000s. Hmm. He was the douchebag in Can't Hardly Wait. Yes, Mike yes, Dexter, I think his yeah. name was. In this yeah. So we're talking like late '90s, early 2000s actors, actresses. So you know, roughly my don't, age. Don't forget Anne Hache. Anne Hache did this movie too. Anne, hmm. Anne Hache. We'll we'll get to Anne Hache. Fuck. Okay. Right. Rest in peace, um, rest in power. We will get to her for sure uh, in in this review. So I was like, all right, why not? Why not watch some uh, something kind of? I'm I'm you know curious. How are they aging? Are they aging nicely? Are they aging poorly? It's a disaster movie. We all know I love Armageddon. We know I like you know stuff Deep like impact. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Twister. Apparently, Tubi oh. knows too. Twister Two's coming out next year. I mean, I hope they don't. Uh, Hope they don't ruin it because Twister, original Twister, perfect. So I mean, you do have two actors who are no longer with us, so that's gonna make it a little difficult. But it two. also, it also, it also can be like explained. They chased tornadoes; they died. I mean, it's not, it's not a hard explanation to get them off the, the cast list here. Like, yeah, they were chasing a tornado in Kansas, and they got it. So yeah, so Twister, you know, it's right. a Twister type of movie. Why not? Why not check this one out? All right. Um, You can't try to talk over it. It's too, it's too good. No, it is. You're right. It's too much. It's, uh, all right. So, um, not a particularly long movie from what I remember, but I, I definitely had some notes. Uh, and it started basically right away. I don't know that they told us where this was, but I just assumed it was like Oklahoma. Uh, not sure they ever actually covered where it was, but we'll just say Oklahoma-ish type area. So according we, to the description of the movie, it is a tornado that hits our town of Minnanawa, Oklahoma. So you're absolutely okay. right. So I, I remember the Minnanawa or, you know, name, but, uh, all right. So we have, uh, like a down on his luck farmer, you know, can't pay his bills. We got a character with an unplanned pregnancy and what is she going to do? We got a hearing impaired child, which found out that was an actual hearing impaired actress. You know, oh. so good on them for doing that. Well done. Uh, we have blatant racism kind of coming into play between a multitude of characters. We have a character who cannot accept his sexual orientation as he wakes up in the bed of another man. We have P. 
people facing money troubles, including possibly an illegal immigrant and oh, her Jesus illegal Christ. immigrant lovers. I've, I've seen has parents obsessed over their work, which we know is going to come into play when they inevitably get stuck away from their child during the tornado. This is the first 20 minutes of the movie. They're throwing all of these problems at us, okay? So, also, it's 2021, so I feel like every director, writer did this. We got pro-life versus pro-choice in the first 25 or 20 minutes or so. She goes in to, of course, you know, check on her baby that she's thinking of aborting, and the nurse-ish thing, Anne Heche, says, this is the gift, you must keep this baby... Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Uh, no surprise, the guy doesn't want any part of the baby. Oh wow! And has I'd, kids. I'd expect nothing less. Of course, yeah. we have immigration being an issue, where the gay guy uh, and his partner, who is an illegal immigrant, he, he gets mad at his partner for illegal immigrants coming to our country to steal jobs from Americans. Yeah, this including is like, this job you're this about to like give me right here, buddy. Minutes. This is like 35 minutes after jobs. he wakes bed in his bed. Oh, my God. Um, we also have just blatant capitalism. We have a guy who's not even a main character. He owns this hotel where the one illegal immigrant works, and that's what they house, basically, is people there illegally. And when said uh, tornado hits, well, first of all, he's trying to overcharge him, of course, because oh, yeah. terrible white guy. A lot of terrible white people in this movie, by the way. Well, if that's you're when white, you're, that's why I'm rooting for the tornado. Pretty, pretty <laughs> terrible, right? So uh, one question that came to mind about 20, 25 minutes in. Would being killed by this inevitable tornado really be the worst thing for most of these people? Like, I'm thinking it's a solution to some of that's, the problems these people have. That's fair. Um... Next, come from the Lord. It's 2021, and Twister was 1997. Have we learned nothing technologically since then? You know, they were coming up with all these ways to warn people, and here we are. Supposedly, the point of the movie is that you only have 13 minutes to run and hide or find shelter uh, when a tornado hits. Okay. Uh, speaking of that. I all day couldn't remember if the movie was called 13 Minutes or 14 Minutes. Uh, um, if that's a whole different movie, yeah. If, if you can't remember the number that's in your title, you got the wrong one. You know, nobody's saying lucky number slick, six, or, you know, lucky yeah. number, whatever. You're not, you're not using number. You're, you're remembering numbers that are used, even though that, that technically wasn't a number. Um Nobody's watching the hit movie with Morgan Fe- Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt called Eight. You know, it's it's seven. So uh, I don't think they make more than one reference to thirteen. So thirteen minutes, and it's never really. They don't. They certainly don't creatively show us thirteen minutes of people trying to find cover before it gets there. At least that I'm aware of. Um, another thing, Thora Birch is in this movie. She at the time of American Beauty was in a movie with Scarlett Johansson and a bigger star than Scarlett Johansson. And here she is making this and Scarlett Johansson is a top five paid actress in the world. Top 10, maybe, you know, uh, I would say with MCU, I'd say top 10, especially after she fought for her, what she wanted. I would say that they, their careers definitely took different paths. Um, 
from an acting perspective, she's not very good. She does have a couple nice moments as the mother of a pregnant teenager-ish. Um, but later on, they show her kind of running, which doesn't doesn't go well for her. Doesn't doesn't work. Um, Amy Smart and Peter Facinelli, Mike Dexter. I'll just keep calling them. They're married and they are obsessed with their work. He's a weatherman, and she's I. You know what? She's either a weather person or like a setup for people to uh, who are hurt to come in. You know, like a shelter after a disaster person. So they are inevitably away from their deaf child during this huge storm. Oh, levels right. their town. Deaf kid. That's right. So, um, all right. So we get to the main event, right? The main event is the storm. I'm, I'm ready. I'm waiting. Like I've had enough of these terrible, <laughs> some of these terrible people. Insufferable bastards. By the way, the down on his luck farmer with no money. He, he's a total dick. He hates immigrants yet hires them. They don't work well enough or speaking up English for him. And he has the gay son. So a lot of things happen here. Yeah. Was that it's was a, that was a, that Tracy Atkins character? Yes. Star? Yeah. It's a his, it's a very active farm they've got going there. Very his son confesses charged. being gay um about five minutes before the tornado gets there. And he says, I raised you to be patriotic. I raised you to, you know, make, have kids or whatever. Something, something just blatantly Trump-like, you know, yeah. Republican-esque. Um, and then, of course, uh, him and Anne Hayes, who he's married to, make the worst decision possible when the storm gets there because they're white people and they're terrible white people and nothing can harm them. So they do not go to the shelter. All right, Ron. I told I'm you, up, rooting for the tornado. To I am up to your point. I want to see who goes and who doesn't, all right? I don't know who I'm rooting for or who I'm rooting against. They also give us a guy and think think the perfect storm, think Twister, who's like upset. Like they briefly show he's obsessed with like the level of this tornado. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, we've never seen this before. Like, yeah. it's the greatest moment of this guy's life. Yeah. Crazy um, town exposition yeah. guy. Even though, you know, a bunch of people are about to die. So um, once in a lifetime storm. Right. Uh, so the storm gets there and it is incredibly B movie. They don't show us very much. You know, there's, they show us like a great wall of a tornado briefly. Uh, of course the cliche deaf daughter who has other senses heightened, like goes out to look at this, you know, very Helen Hunt as a child, <laughs> look at the tornado before almost getting killed. Yeah. Um, Next, when the tornado Toby, Toby, when the tornado hits and when it's over, it is remarkable how little is standing, except for the spots all these people ended up in, <laughs> like Thora Birch and the maid. They all end up in this cooler. And cooler. Everything, yeah. literally everything in this town is leveled, besides this cooler. Like yeah. one guy gets in a tub and covers himself with a blanket, and he's fine. Yeah. Um, These six people and the waffle fries came out of yeah, the fucking thing right. unscathed. It was everything else is just completely annihilated. Um, the gay son, who I don't know who this actor is, he let me see if I can find him quick. He is never heard of him before. It's got to be this Will Peltz guy. 
I don't know if you guys know him at all. He mm -hmm. has, um, I don't, I, I don't know how to word this. He kind of, he has this like long blondish. He kind of looked like a chick when I first saw him. Like I was like, I wasn't really sure because he's got this like very not masculine face. Like it's like a very kind of pretty face and this blonde hair that could be the length of girls. Then he talked and has this like voice that does not match his. <laughs> it's almost a weird deep it's weirdly deep for his voice and he's emotional almost the entire time because of course his mexican illegal immigrant lover wants to everyone to know about their love and oh he has this racist father and weirdo pro-life mother who i don't really know what she's doing like you guys ever listen to rewatchables i don't i think Anne hayes feels like she's in a different movie then we're pulling up. Like, she's actually, like, like it's something different, which will come into play momentarily. So the tornado hits, everything is leveled. We don't know who's, you know, so kid, you know, gay kid goes out looking for his parents who decided not to go into the shelter. Uh, Anne Hish's mother is walking with a slight limp. Their house is completely gone. I have no idea how she possibly could have survived anything, but she's walking and she's Power okay. love, man. Yeah. Power of love is right. It's a curious and thing. The father who had taken off angrily on a four-wheeler when his son admitted to being gay, um, he is in not in good shape, right? He is, but not dead. He is not in good shape. They use a door to pick him up and walk him to a shelter, uh, which apparently is all near each other in this town. <laughs> Everything all of a sudden seems to be very compact in this town, very near each other. Um this is where Amy Smart, Amy Smart's going through a real dilemma right now. It's her job to, you know, have this shelter set up and take care of people in the aftermath. But um, she doesn't know where her deaf daughter is, um, and she could be dead. So she's kind of really having a dilemma. What do I do here? Do I help these people? Which, by the way, you know, and I don't know if this is true in real life, if you get leveled by a tornado and you show up at one of these little Red Cross shelter things, you're supposed to indicate whether or not you have insurance. And oh. that could really affect That's the, the American way though. I would say that could really affect the illegal immigrants without papers working in yeah. Oklahoma, which they made they made huh. sure to it was a possibly a knock on our healthcare system as well. What? So main event, who lives, who dies? Well, oh. I mean, yeah, let's get to it. Let's get the totals. All right. Come on now. Everybody lived, I swear to God. Except uh, what? except oh. the dad on the four-wheeler who is not happy with his gay son, who has come to this very easy acceptance of, I did the right thing. I admitted I was gay. I feel good now. I can hug my lover. Uh, he dies, we think. Uh, Anne Heche has this weird cryptic moment where the son's like, he's going to make it, right? And she just looks at him weird. He's like, no, he's not going to make it. And they, like, march him off to somewhere. I don't know if they're going to, like, bury him in the desert or in the woods. <laughs> we got a whole lot we never, We never see them after that. Also, again, like I said, she's in a different movie than, like, anyone else. She's in, like, this seance, spiritual. <laughs> and it's weird because this is her last movie before she dies. So it's huh. like. She's acting cryptically as weird as her death ended up being, which she was kind of a crazy person then as well. So I wonder if maybe she wasn't acting. 
to just kind of um otherwise it turns out to be kind of a happy ending the pregnant girl we don't know what she's gonna do with the baby but she dumps the guy Oh well, uh, all right, yeah. Who had changed? He changed his mind mid tornado, I guess, about being with her. Oh, she's like, yeah, um, eat a you, dick. You, you get Kyle. that. You get that experience of a tornado. You're like, all right, re rethink my values here, rethink my priorities. Yeah. And the one, uh, the one made at the hotel. She gives up her one thing. I left out is she was signing papers on a home that day, which I was like, wow, that's awesome. She's she gonna get her boat, first house forever. And, yeah, and she has to. Basically, give that up. I think the house actually might have survived. She has to give it up because her lover badly injured his hand. Like, you know you're in a B movie if they have a catastrophic hand injury? <laughs> right. It's we're, not even like a We've got to get Dale's hand in right now. So will um, never calligraphy again. And, of course, what came into that is that he's illegal. He doesn't have insurance. It's going to uh, cost a lot of money. She has to give up her house for this, but it doesn't matter because she loves him. And I don't really know power how people live after this uh, or where people would stay. Kind of wondered that. Um, call, me, hmm, call me a downer. I didn't leave <laughs> feeling very good after this movie. I didn't feel good about their chances. Again, I go back to my original question. Would would them being killed have been better than them having nowhere to live for the next five, six months with no money, possibly some of them deported? Um, probably, right? And a bad and, hand. Yeah. yeah. If, he, if he even saves his hand. So right. 13 minutes, 14 minutes, whatever the hell it's called. Oh, no mention of technology to actually increase that time to, you know, I'm looking forward to the sequel, 16 and a half minutes. Um. Which again, the time never came into play. Like it's been ten minutes. We only have three to, you know, get some right. Never came into play. Because the white people made the bad choices anyway and went to the wrong spot. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm. Um some of our late nineties stars not uh probably doing the things they hoped for in their career at this juncture. Yeah. Amy yeah. Smart and Thora Birchall looking looking pretty young still. Amy Smart looks very similar to when she was in whatever she was in Butterfly Effect, gonna, Road Trip. I was going to ask you what like what is your go to thought when you th hear of Amy Smart? Um, I I guess Road Trip probably makes me uh, kind of perverted, but <laughs> you know you know what that Austin, means. Massachusetts. If if Joe's going to be a perv, then. Why do you have that song? <laughs> that just seems to come in handy. I don't know. Because I'm just I'm trying to figure out why people why people did this movie. <laughs> Those who did it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, paycheck, man. Because I I've seen this thing and it couldn't possibly you're, be much. You're not even you're not even giving it enough shit. I don't think. I think you've been too fair. Okay, it, so honestly. I'll say this. If I had to rate the acting performances, I'm going to go with the pregnant girl, you know, the as probably the strongest. She did pretty well for a girl who got pregnant, and she's being emotional, and um, she's really, like, her boyfriend, whoever's playing, is god-awful. Like, <laughs> like, he's never acted before in his life. 
Uh, other than Thora Birch running and given where her career once was, she was not bad either. Um, and then probably probably the deaf girl, you know, pretty strong, playing a, playing a hearing impaired, whatever, 10-year-old or whatever she is. I believed um, her. Th they had a scene for some reason where she lost hearing aids that she apparently helps her, which kind of came into play later, but not really. Well, yeah, oh, and she couldn't the worst hear part. that tornado. So here's she... the worst part, and I'll spoil it. I'm assuming you're never going to watch it. If you do, no. you can just no. no, don't do that. At the she lost her hearing devices, right? So she can't hear her mom calling for her under rubble, which she probably mm -hmm. wouldn't hear anyway. <laughs> the electricity is supposed to be turned off because of you know getting electrocuted and stuff like that after a big storm like this. It's not turned off yet when she goes and grabs her. It miraculously turns off in that moment. We never get an explanation. We don't see someone like flipping a switch. So I don't. Is it God? Is it? Uh, if it is, nobody thanks him. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. I she was probably the only character I didn't want to die was the young deaf girl. So hmm. whatever. Yeah, I remember thinking the same thing. They could all. Most of those characters could all have. Have 13 gone. hours, thir I mean, 13 minutes, 14 minutes. like 13 hours, fuck. I give it a four out of four. No, no, not not six-minute abs, seven-minute abs. You can't get your heart going in six minutes. Well, you guys, I don't know if we've discussed this on other pods. I do not enjoy when a title doesn't do anything, right? Like, so <laughs> there's the movie Rush Hour. We like that movie, right? It's funny. It's whatever. One mention to Rush Hour, it really has nothing to do with. It's not the right title, like, and maybe they just didn't have a title. Like that's they, what they wanted to call rush. it. And it didn't that's actually a really good point. Like, like I don't understand why it's like, Rush Hour. You're on a rush. Like, there's nothing to do with the movie. So, um, again, like, fourteen minutes. I keep thinking it's thirteen minutes. I don't know how many minutes. Is it thirteen or fourteen? It's thirteen. Is it thirteen minutes? Okay. Well, that's my point. Right. Could have been 14 minutes. Could have been 12. Yeah. Didn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, maybe sounds like, it was an, sounds like it was an hour and 13 minutes too long. More, uh, all of the tornado slang was gone. You know, you couldn't use Twister. You couldn't use... <laughs> right. And I think they actually specified it was some kind of really huge tornado. I know they call it an F5 and Twister. Don't know what they called it here. Hmm. But Based on a real tornado that hit, that, that seems like a missed opportunity, you know, where they yeah. could have titled it that. Like, F5 is actually the term for, like, F4, F3, F2, F1. They're actual right. It's like EF1. I forgot what the EF stands for, but it's an actual term. It's not like it's just coined the twister. It's an actual term used to describe. So it's not seems that hard like, to just put it in your movie. <laughs> seems like that was a missed opportunity. Uh, yeah. Pointless yeah. titles are only second to... Titles that give away the movie, uh, a.k.a. Lone Survivor. If you're going to make a movie called Lone Survivor and you end up with that asshole being the lone survivor out of his group, fuck you. Seriously. I wonder how you're many of them the live. Lone Rangers? You can't be more than one if you're the Lone Ranger. Hey, at least, they try, at least they're trying some, uh, you know, trying to go a different way with it, not give it away. Like, what other movie gives it away? I'm trying to think of now titles that give movies away. Um, well, Lone Jaws. Survivor. Lone Survivor is the big one. 
that. Yeah, that's, that's to be a fair, good Jaws does, doesn't, they don't show the shark until like the very end of the movie. <laughs> no, that's Just the, the big fin. one. It also reminds me of the fact that, and Justin, you might be a little too young. I don't know if you're into movie trailers in like late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, early geez. 2000s, they started doing this thing where they'd show like really bad parts of the movie, almost like they wanted to give it away in the yeah. trailer. Yeah, Mike, I remember well, I watching, watch that. One I way. remember watching the One final, way. the final Pearl Harbor trailer shows like Affleck losing it over someone dying at at the end when Josh Hartnett dies. Like they don't show Josh Hartnett, but like I remember getting to the movie being like, these motherfuckers <laughs> put this, you know, end of the movie scene in the trailer. So anyway, and, and I think like the whole point of that is like. What is he crying about? Is it the end of the movie? Is it the middle of the movie? Is it the beginning of the movie? It's like you have to go see it. But like upon watching the movie, it's like it's so obvious what they're going for. It's like, oh, you gave away everything, but we just fell for it. And I feel like whatever it was, that was a thing. That was a thing where they're like, we're going to give away as much as we can. Yeah, to get you there. We're going to see, yeah, we're going to see what it does. We're going to show that it's good for business or some bullshit like that. It's the worst, too, when you see a scene in a trailer. But it's not in the movie because oh, chest audience didn't like yeah, it or man. you Just went to the movie like, oh, what, what about this scene? And like yes. they cut it. I think even worse than a scene is a really good line that like it's like a killer line from the trailer. Yeah. Then you get there like, what? They didn't say it. Well, Mean was talking about that with the uh, Assassins movie. In the trailer, Antonio Banderas is like going through the um, – uh, graveyard and the character comes and is like, Who are you looking for? He's like, He's not dead yet. Like, but that line's not in the movie. That scene's that's a badass oh, scene. Like, terrible. knowing the whole purpose of the movie is that your assassin's trying to kill each other, and this one assassin is in the graveyard. Like, He's not dead yet. And it's like, You don't put that in the movie? That's a yeah. badass fucking line. But again, it was cut from the movie. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Terrible. Now, uh, on that same note, how bad would it be? Because this has happened to so many actors and actresses. You do a scene, but the director didn't tell you your scene was cut, and you tell your mom and your dad, I'm yeah. in this movie, and they go see the movie, and you're not in it. <laughs> yeah. It'd probably be the worst moment of my life. Oh, my God, because no one would ever believe you ever, ever. I don't, I, I don't think I would tell anybody anything until I, was, I had seen it myself. Like, right. Like, I, like you I, can't. I, I, I mom, I'm in the minute... 15 sec, 15 minutes, 42 seconds, I make my appearance. 15 yeah. minutes, 42 seconds, Jenny's not there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there Jenny's gone. I worked with a dude in lacrosse that did that, went to California, got a part in like Mr. 3000, something like that, as an umpire. And then his scene ends up getting cut from the whole thing. Is that Bernie Mac or Tom Selleck? That's Bernie Mac. Mac. Which Mr. Baseball is Tom Selleck. Mr. Baseball. Yeah. Yeah, that would suck, man. That would suck if you got fun. your one scene cut. Right. Did he get paid still? Did he get any money for it? I'm sure you get paid. Yeah. And I guess he was like, he didn't have a line, but he kept trying to yell, like, out. So they <laughs> use his voice and he'd get a SAG card. <laughs> was, he, was he doing the whole Dane DeVito thing? Or what's like, his name? No, uh, dying, making noises when she's supposed to be a dead corpse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Am I supposed to rate this piece of. Uh, yeah. 
I'm gonna go with the small. I feel like uh, this could be a good movie. To watch. Popcorn, up off the floor. Like sarcastic friend or something. Like it's like you got nothing to do, so you end up there and you're like, you know, cracking one liners to each other, something like that. Yeah. My is it my wife had it on Netflix or some shit and I was just laying in bed on my phone, but I couldn't look away from the fucking disaster that was this movie. So I remember some of these things. It's it's easily as bad as you say. It's probably worse. Yeah, I I, like I said, the one, the one not that bad part is it wasn't too long. Like I wasn't like, <laughs> I wasn't like dreading. It, you know what I mean? How like get that like, shit short get to it. You know, like yeah. I mean, they they threw a lot at us, a lot of cliches and a lot of oh. work, like you said, rapid fire out of the gate. The first twenty minutes, you're like, who are all these fucking people? What's going on? Oh, I got to know all of them. But uh, yeah, just, speaking, of, yeah, just kill them all is what I was saying. Said so I was rooting for the tornado. That shouldn't be the case. Uh, that we we've got. Yeah, this was a root for the natural disaster, right? I say that's a recurring problem tonight. Is not rooting for the fucking protagonists in these movies. They don't set them up very well. well and to be fair, like Stanley, like my movie Stanley Epicus was a good guy, right? But the mask oh, yeah. is a terrible person. He robs a bank. He's about to rape a woman on a park bench, like. The mask, and then obviously when he becomes the evil mask, he kills people. So the mask is not a good person. I also in the mask bashes up a um, hotel or apartment complex. Not a good person. Uh, I don't even know if my movie had a protagonist. (laughs) The the, the tornado. The tornado. (laughs) Right. The tornado. This is. This is yeah. natural selection. Let me do my job. To be fair, I think we were supposed to hate a lot of your people, though. Is Speaking of things we're supposed to hate, uh, The Wheel of Misfortune is coming out, and uh, Justin, you've got 16 locked and loaded, huh? I do have 16 locked and loaded for me, and I have 16 locked and loaded for you. We're going to go with you first since I started this off of my review. All right, Let's shit. give this whole Wheel of Unfortune a little spin <sighs> here and see what your next movie is. I don't even know what that movie is. Come on. No whammies. No whammies, motherfucker. Where? Oh, God damn it! That was the one I just saw. I don't even know what that is. Okay. All what right. is what's? I have no idea. But Me I'm either. watching it for for the next one. So mission accomplished. Wheel, you suck. So right. something we've talked about too in this podcast is like, would this algorithm ever catch up to us? And I think my algorithm's caught to me with what the movie viewing pleasures I have. Because uh, it's a little bit too accurate of a movie list, which sucks. Because there's only like two movies I haven't seen, so I'm kind of hoping those one of those two movies comes up. Otherwise, I might have an early review here for some of those movies. So let's spin my wheel of unfortunate or misfortune. (laughs) Ah, Viva Las. What am I doing here? Viva Las what? Uh, So, yeah, definitely something that might need to be visiting, though, given the time and place this movie took place early mid 90s uh comedy stoner comedy so might be things that need to be revisited of whether they're cool or not hmm. yeah i'm excited i uh I'm, I'm gonna trust the algorithm on this one i don't remember what mine is but uh i'm gonna assume that it's something i'm gonna enjoy so we'll play it positive i will write it down before you forget because we are both high yeah yes 
Boys, thanks for having me. Indeed. Uh, uh, you gave me a reason to watch and finish a movie, which, again, I probably would have just been like, I don't know what to watch. Fuck it. I honestly wouldn't have blamed you for pulling the plug on that one. If, you, if your review would have ended after 35 minutes, I mean, again, like, like, you're okay. Uh, Joe Vegas, thanks for joining us for uh, this episode of To Be Determined. We should definitely have you back. I think that worked well. Better next time, To Be. Give me something I'll never forget. Challenge accepted. It was fun right. having you, Joe. Um, yes, and we'll do more movies that we don't know what's coming up because it's going to always be to be determined. <laughs>